He sent forth his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Psalm 107 verse 20. The message you're about to hear is a straightforward, down-to-earth and insightful teaching by Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward-Mills. Lady Reverend Adelaide serves under her husband, Bishop Dag Heward-Mills, as a pastor at the Lighthouse Chapel International. Lady Reverend Adelaide is a handmaiden of God and is privileged to have been used by God to pastor and to speak the Word of God, both nationally and internationally, to all ages and gender. She has a plethora of messages on many issues, experiences, and situations of life from God's perspective. Get ready to be transformed as you listen to this message by God's anointed handmaiden, Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward-Mills. This evening I want to speak to you about daughter when the unexpected happens. Many times life has a way of dishing out to us things that we did not expect or plan for. Many of you women, you had a picture about marriage. And what it should be like. But the unexpected has happened to you. You thought that you were going to get married to a very romantic man. You thought that he would call you honey every day. You thought he would say I love you every day. And you thought that whenever you look good, he will always remember to say it. But the unexpected has happened. You thought that you would be his best friend. And he would tell you everything. But you found out that there are many things you don't know. The unexpected has happened. You thought that you would be the joy of his life. But it seems the joy of his life is in the remote control. The unexpected has happened to you. You thought that if you had him, you would have no need of anything else. And so you were misty-eyed, teary-eyed as you came down to the altar. And you had so many pictures in your life. But the unexpected has happened to you. Many of us who are not yet married also have our own dreams and aspirations. Many times you see a man, you know, he has a good job, he's a cool dude, his suit is smart. And you think, oh, he's a very good manager, he's very good at work, he seems to have all together. So when I marry him, everything will be together. The unexpected is about to happen to you. Sometimes it's a dream that seems to be delayed. A dream to get married. A dream to get money for school. A dream to have certain desires met. All those are unexpected. 
Sometimes you are in a relationship, you don't expect betrayal. You don't expect disappointment. You don't expect heartache. You don't expect that you will be let down. But the unexpected happens to you. Sometimes the people you trust most molest you. Sexually abuse you. Betray your trust. And you even have no one to talk to. Daughter, when the unexpected happens. The unexpected is unexpected from our perspective. But from God's perspective, it is not unexpected. When we get married, we dream of having healthy children. None of us think that we will have a health challenge of any sort. Not for our children and not for us. Many of us dream of having very smart and brainy children. We don't dream of having children who will flop. Or not choose Christ at all. Or live their lives in a certain way. So it can be a very heartbroken parent. Because the unexpected has happened to you. So what do we do when the unexpected happens to us? What do we do when a marriage we planned for till death us do part? The person just comes home and says, I don't love you anymore. And I think I'm leaving. And I have come across many unexpected situations because of ministry and the counseling that I do. You know, not long ago, um, somebody I know very well, a family I know very well, was really shaken by a very bad experience. The man got involved with somebody in the church. And that somebody was the wife's closest friend. It's a true story. And at a point they were playing, you know. Actually, the person who came to tell us was from the office of the lady who is not the wife. And said, when, when the wife is going there, she will call, you know, I'm coming. And then the lady will tell the husband, she's coming, so don't come now. You know, so now the whole thing has turned sour. And this lady also has a husband. And so, so many complications. And I was thinking about it. I said, sin has a way of having a multiple effect. First of all, it has ruined this family that I love so much. Ruined their relationship. Now their trust has been shaken and they have to rebuild everything. Then this other lady's family, she's also somebody's wife. It's also traumatized and something else. And then... The church that they belong to has also gone through whatever it's going through. So that is all unexpected. And it's all a mess, you know. And as I thought about it, I remembered this word that the Lord had brought to me some time ago. That when the unexpected happens, what do you do? Well, we'll read our Bibles. Shall we turn our Bibles to... Second Samuel chapter 13. And then we will read Leviticus 18 and Leviticus 20. Verse 1 to 20. That's long, but. And it came to pass after this that Absalom, the son of David, had a fair sister whose name was Tamar. And Amnon, the son of David, loved her. And Amnon was so vexed that he fell sick for his sister, Tamar. 
for she was a virgin and Amnon thought it hard for him to do anything to her. But Amnon had a friend whose name was Jonadab. Remove every Jonadab from your life. The son of Shimea, David's brother, and Jonadab was a very subtle man. And he said unto him, Why art thou being the king's son, lean from day to day? Would thou not tell me? And Amnon said unto him, I love Tamar, my brother Absalom's sister. And Jonadab said unto him, Lay thee down on thy bed, and make thyself sick. And when thy father cometh to see thee, say unto him, I pray thee, let my sister Tamar come and give me meat, and dress the meat in my sight, that I may see it and eat at her hand. So Amnon lay down and made himself sick. And when the king was come to see him, Amnon said unto the king, I pray thee, let Tamar, my sister, come and make me a couple of cakes in my sight, that I may eat at her hand. Then David sent home to Tamar, saying, Go now to thy brother Amnon's house and dress him meat. So Tamar went to her brother Amnon's house, and he was laid down. And she took flour and kneaded it and made cakes in his sight, and did bake the cakes. And she took a pan and poured them out before him. But he refused to eat. And Amnon said, Have out all men from me. And they went out every man from him. And Amnon said unto Tamar, Bring the meat into the chamber, that I may eat of thine hand. And Tamar took the cakes which she had made and brought them into the chamber to Amnon her brother. And when she had brought them unto him to eat, he took hold of her and said unto her, Come lie with me, my sister. And she answered him, Nay, my brother, do not force me, for no such thing ought to be done in Israel. Do not thou this folly. And I, whither shall I cause my shame to go? And as for thee, thou shalt be as one of the fools in Israel. Now therefore I pray thee, speak unto the king, for he will not withhold me from thee. Howbeit he would not hearken unto her voice, but being stronger than she, forced her and lay with her. Then Amnon hated her exceedingly, so that the hatred wherewith he hated her was greater than the love wherewith he had loved her. And Amnon said unto her, Arise, be gone. And she said unto him, There is no cause. This evil in sending me away is greater than the other that thou didst unto me. But he would not hearken unto her. Then he called his servant that ministered unto him and said, Put now this woman out from me and bolt the door after her. And she had a garment of diverse colors upon her. For with such robes were the king's daughters that were virgins apparelled. Then his servant brought her out and bolted the door after her. And Tamar put ashes on her head and read her garment of diverse colors that was on her head and laid her hand on her head and went on crying. And Absalom, her brother, said unto her, Hath Amnon thy brother been with thee? But hold now thy peace, my sister. He is thy brother, regard not this thing. So Tamar remained desolate in her brother Absalom's house. Amen. Amen. This is our main passage, but we want to read a background from Leviticus 18, and then we'll come back to this one. Amen. When the unexpected happens. Leviticus chapter 18. I'll just read verse 9 and 11. 
the nakedness of thy sister, the daughter of thy father, or the daughter of thy mother, whether she be born at home or born abroad, even their nakedness thou shalt not uncover. The nakedness of thy son's daughter or thy daughter's daughter. And then verse 11, the nakedness of thy father's wife's daughter, begotten of thy father, she is thy sister. Thou shalt not uncover her nakedness. In Leviticus 20 verse 17, And if a man shall take his sister, his father's daughter, or his mother's daughter, and see her nakedness, and she see his nakedness, it is a wicked thing, and they shall be cut off in the sight of their people. He hath uncovered his sister's nakedness. He shall bear his iniquity. Amen. Amen. Now, the name Tama means palm tree. And in the Middle East... The palm tree is a symbol of strength and beauty. And so when the Israelites went through Marah, the bitter part of their walk in the wilderness, it says that the Lord brought them to a place called Elim. And Elim had 70 palm trees. The Bible says the righteous shall flourish like palm trees in the courts of our God. So the palm tree has always been used in the Bible to denote something with a lot of resources, freshness, and strength. And so that was Thomas' name. It is said that the palm tree is very useful. In Ghana, it is useful. But Bible commentary says that the, the leaves, the middle of it was used for a broom, for ropes as a fence. The nuts, they get oil from it. And they also have a drink called arak in the east, used and then they cracked the nuts and laid down for camels and donkeys to rest in and receive coolness. It is said that the palm tree has roots that go deep down, even in arid and dry conditions, so that it can tap moisture, even when everything around it is dry. And that was the tama that we see on the scene. Now, Tama is defiled. And she suffers from mistakes she didn't perpetrate herself. She thought that Amnon was her brother. So when the father said, go and look after him, she didn't have any bad mind. But she was simple-minded. And the Bible says that we should not be simple-minded. It says, woe to you that simple-minded ones. So sisters, when you go to a guy's place and he says, have all the men out, like Tama was told, you should know that something bad is about to happen. The Bible didn't say resist youthful lust. It didn't say kung fu youthful lust. It said flee youthful lust. It may not be coming from your end, but it may be coming from the other end. And you have to flee from it. Now, Tama was suffering from a mistake, not her own. And many of us suffer from mistakes which are not of our making. Sometimes, the backgrounds we have come from, we, have come in, we are coming from homes where there was no love, there's no peace, there's conflict, but you just arrived as a child. And you didn't choose the background and the family and the home 
that you would like to come from. But it just happened to you. There are things that we don't choose, like maybe our health challenges. We don't choose, oh, I want to be sick. I want to suffer this. We don't choose it. You know, we were with a pastor friend of ours this year, very dear friend. And just last month, he wrote to us that I have been diagnosed with cancer. Please pray for me. And when we were with him, there was nothing to show that there was anything wrong. And he even said that he went for a routine checkup. Because he didn't feel ill. And as at the time he was writing, he still didn't feel ill. But he just went and said, you have a very rare disease. Your blood cells are just multiplying. Myeloma or whatever you call it. And so he says that he has announced it to his church. And he has told them to pray. So he's writing to us to also pray for him. And I thought to myself, it is something that he's suffering from. But something that he did not work on to bring to himself. Hallelujah. And that is what has happened to Tama. And as I said in the beginning, it's the same. Sometimes it's divorce, it's heartache, it's betrayal, it's um, your finances. Maybe you just got married. You didn't know that your wife will mess up your finances. So you are suffering from something you did not perpetrate yourself. Sometimes you're a woman, you are such a good budget person, we would do this, we would, but your husband, opposites often attract. So your husband too says, why should we live by the ruler? We have to be free. You have come with your melancholic ways of account. And he has come with his sanguinic way of disposing. You are suffering from something you did not perpetrate for yourself. Tama was innocent and naive, like many women. Many women suffer in childbirth, have miscarriages, have all sorts of challenges during the nine months even, things that they didn't choose, you know? Sometimes you see a very trendy sister, when she gets pregnant, by her doing or not, things look very different. She is suffering from a situation not perpetrated by her, but perpetrated by the husband. (laughs) But in spite of the fact that you did not bring situations upon yourself, you are drastically affected by somebody else's actions decisions and way of doing things but we are not victims amen because we have a God now Tama had clothing of diverse colors worn by virgins and by people who lived in palaces that is what she was wearing when she went to Amnon's house that was her identity she was a princess she was a virgin waiting for the right time to come And yet she's suddenly defiled by man. So she goes in and Amnon says, bake cakes in my sight. Sisters, wives, learn to cook in your husband's sight. There's something romantic about it. Amen. Amen. 
So as she cooked in his sight, all sorts of thoughts were going through Amnon's head. When women are cooking, they'll be thinking about the cooking, but the men are thinking of other things. And then after that, Amnon says, no, 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 no. Come into the room. Bring the cakes to the room. Then he sends everybody out. How long, ye simple-minded, will you love simplicity, says the Bible. It says the prudent man or woman sees the evil that is ahead and keeps himself. But the simple, they pass on and they are punished. The Bible also says, let him who thinks he stands. Oh, that's for me, I'm in control. Take heed, lest he fall. Amen. Amen. So Amnon tells everybody to leave. The Bible says that because Tamar was a virgin, it was a hard thing for Amnon to rape her. And it took Jonah Dab's counsel for it to come up about. Many of us, we have Jonah Dabs in our lives. Friends that we should not be associating with. And they have led us on paths that we shouldn't have walked. Many of us are seeking counsel about marriages from wrong sources. They say, you are a a woman of the millennium. Will you sit down for him to do this? Bible says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. But in the church, even your friend may be in the church, but you are always receiving ungodly counsel. The fact that the person is in the church doesn't mean the person will give you godly counsel. The person will give you her own mind, her own experience, her own views, and will never tell you what God's word says. From such, turn away. Many times, people give you counsel that you haven't even solicited for. It's, the counsel is not just sitting opposite and saying, okay, let's pray. Let's turn our Bibles to buy in your ordinary conversations. So, me in my house, we are on a very strict budget. And then your friend says, what's that? Strict budget, put your foot down. Why? You should enjoy it. Isn't it? Without thinking, you have been counseled. And so you don't even think out the situation properly. And then you begin to act out. And then your husband looks at you and, what is the change? She's changed so much. What is happening? It is the Jonadab in your life that is changing everything. So Jonadab said, are you not the king's son? Can you not tell the king that your sister should? The fact that Amnon was a king's son didn't mean he had the right to rape his sister. Amen. But he was given a false sense of who he was. Many times, you may be a prince, but it doesn't mean you can do anything. I mean, everybody has limitations. Amen. And after he has raped her, the Bible says that he hated her with a hatred which was greater than the love wherewith he loved her. I question whether it was love. And I think that when you are so driven by something that you cannot control, it is not love. It is lust and something else. To the man, it was an event. To the woman, it was a lifetime. And many times, men don't understand that difference. When a woman goes through something, she sees her identity in the event that has happened to her. It is not right for her to feel that way, but that is how she feels. 
And so the way Tamar weeps, it's as if she rather raped Amnon. The way she wears sackcloth and ashes and puts her hands on her head and wails and cannot even go away. It's as if she rather did some wrong against Amnon. And Amnon who did the wrong is home and dry. It's over. It happened. It's over. I'm moving on. So brothers, please, our hearts are delicate. Don't play games with our hearts. If you are not ready to take us somewhere, don't give us false hopes. Don't make us feel special when we are one of the masses. Stop entering the ministry of hopes giving. You are breaking our hearts. Hallelujah, ladies. For you, a relationship is just an event. For us, a relationship is part of our lives. Because we are wired that way by God. Amen. We are relational beings. That's why whenever you ask a woman, what do you do? I'm a wife. I'm a friend of this. This one is my brother. This one is my sister. Relational in finding her identity. You find your identity in what you do. And in what you achieve. That is how God has made it. But you need to dwell with us according to knowledge. Amen. You need to study us and understand where we are coming from. And don't just dismiss us as if what we are saying. We are wired differently. So when you are trying to understand us, don't wear the shoes you are wearing. Come and wear our slip-ons so that you know how we feel. Hallelujah. Tama. Tama did many things to dissuade Amnon, but it didn't work. And as soon as he finished, he hated her extremely. And said, get out. And when she started weeping, and could not even find the strength to go out, Amnon calls his servant and says, throw this woman. At first, she was sweet, she was cute, she was your lover. Today, she's this woman. So Tama was thrown out there, and she wouldn't go away. She couldn't find the strength to go away. So the king's daughter, in, old, in the Old Testament, the people who repent are the people who wear sackcloth and ashes and rent their clothes. Not the people who have not done anything. But many women find their identity in what happens to them. So she felt that she was a changed person because of what had happened to her. But your identity is what God says about you, not what happens to you. Because many things will happen to you. And unless you find that stable place where you say, I am what God says I am, you will always go up and down. You will always go like a yo-yo, seeking who you are. 
a relationship happens and the guy says, I'm not interested anymore. He has moved on and you are weeping. You've told your pastor, your shepherd, your best friend, your mother, your sister. Because you feel that the more you talk, the more healing you will get. That the more you talk, the worse it gets. And you feel that because that guy said he wouldn't marry you, you are good for nothing. Who made that guy your standard? For all you know, he damned you because he has bad taste. Amen, ladies. some of you women here I marvel at you know recently how I have come across a lot of sexual molestation in Ghana I always used to think it doesn't exist or it's very low key or, but because of our culture it's not spoken but these days I counsel so many people who have gone through that and they cannot overcome the guilt although they are the victims they cannot overcome the guilt that my father slept with me, my uncle slept with me. My, they cannot overcome that guilt. And we wallow in a spirit of rejection. We see ourselves, we measure our worth by the way we are treated. But that's not scripture. That if I meet my husband and he doesn't smile at me, then it means I am not up to his standard. He is a man with his own problems. He came He came to the marriage with his own baggage. And you also have yours. So why is it that if he doesn't smile at you, you should be sad the whole day? Why should somebody's reaction to you determine your worth? It shouldn't be that way. The Bible says that Christ has made us accepted in the beloved. You are always hampering for human acceptance. Human acceptance will keep changing. Human acceptance is subject to emotions. Human acceptance is subjective. But God's acceptance of you is forever. The Bible says we are complete in him. You are not complete in Jimmy, in Peter, in Harold. You are complete in him. In him. In him. Jesus Christ, the best of all men, he suffered rejection. He suffered his rejection from his own siblings. The Bible says they did not believe in him. John 5, they did not believe in him. Now if he was going to depend on the way his siblings treated him to know his worth, he would never have been what he became. Because he would have looked and said, my brothers don't believe in me. It means that I'm not worth anything. Some of you, you say, oh, my husband doesn't chat with me. It means I'm not good company. Women always come to my office saying that when I talk to him, he doesn't laugh. When I say anything, his mind is not there. But when he goes to church, he's very chatty and... Whatever. 
Sister mommy, why is that? I said a wife is different from a Christian sister. When he's with you, he can be himself. If he's not happy, he doesn't have to spark. But when he comes to church, if he's not happy, he still has to flow. And then we use that to measure our worth. They say, maybe there's something wrong with me. Maybe I'm not up to it. Maybe whatever. He has come home. Some husbands are moody. Oh. When your wife asks you anything, you grant as if you don't have a voice. You grant. Hmm? Huh? Huh? Hmm? You have made yourself an island in your house. If you wanted to be an island, why did you marry us? Why? We were happy in our mother's houses. We were happy. And we thought that we had found somebody who would chat with us. Now we came and you are quiet. Why did you take us from our mother's house? Hallelujah. Women are relational beings. And the rejection feeds back to us. Sometimes our rejection and low self-esteem, we don't esteem ourselves to be anything. We are not worth anything. We measure it by how, what people say. If they say, oh, you look nice, then you feel you look nice. If they don't say you look nice, they say, is there something wrong with my skirt? Maybe things are not in place. Why? Why should a, a, a human being be our God? Why should a human being have such power over you? It is not scripture. That is not how God has ordained it. And some of us are so obsessed with what people think. Oh, they have heard that this, that you think. Oh, they have heard that this. Everybody who sees me in church thinks this. Oh, and for that... You give away so many days of your happiness thinking about what people are thinking. But the Bible says, let God be true and every man a liar. Unless we as women look into the Bible, into the word of God and see our image of what God says we are, we will never be satisfied. And no matter the most loving husband you have, he can never Fulfill all your needs. God has not created any man to be Jesus Christ. Otherwise, he will have a rival. And his glory, he will share with no man. Hallelujah. So if you want to make a human being your Lord, you put him on the throne. When he coughs, you are sad. When he hiccups, you are happy. When, why? Are you a robot? To be turned on, off, on, off, on, off like that. We must come to a place of stability. And that is by going back to his word. In him we live. In him we move. And in him we have our existence, our being. Not in anything else. Not in anything else, but in him. Hallelujah. But we don't take time to look into the mirror of the word. And say, ah, how pretty I look. He rejoices over me with singing. Wow, 
The Lord says his love for you is everlasting. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He says, I know the plans that I have for you. They are plans of prosperity and not of disaster. To give you a future and to give you a hope. But you are not looking at that. You are looking at the things around you. You are looking at the people around you. And the word of God is not even heard. All you hear is what you've been told from childhood that you are. All you hear is what your husband says about you. As for you, you are a Samway woman. You are this, you are that. Then you sit down in the corner and moan. Ah, he says I'm Samway. Then you think about a lot of insults. So when you, when you finish crying, you open your mouth, it's not easy. But if you come into his presence and say, God, it's all about you. Jesus, it's not about me. It's what God has made you. It's not about you. It's about him. Amen. Thomas suffers from deep rejection. And it takes Absalom to come and say, what happened? Has my brother Amnon been with you? That's what Absalom asked. When she said yes, Absalom didn't say, so you just hold your peace. She was a wounded woman. And many women are wounded. You see, physical and emotional and mental pain is greater than physical pain. I always say that physical pain, you can take Panadol, something to quench a stomach ache, you can take something. But physical, and nobody can even see it. But it is there. And the wounds don't heal easily. It takes the balm of Gilead to heal that wound. And he's always willing to heal us of our wounds. If only we will let him. He will pour in the oil and he will pour in the wine. The Bible says, I will heal you of all your wounds. God knew that unexpected things will happen to you. But you can't keep fighting and juggling with something you cannot control. When Tamar came to Amnon's house, the Bible says that he forced her for he was stronger than her. There are many situations that are stronger than you. David said in the Psalms, deliver me from my enemies that are stronger than me. There are enemies in life that are stronger than you. But I'll be preaching on women of grace because the grace of God takes us above that which is stronger than us. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now when you get wounded, you are supposed to get healed. And when you don't get healed, the wound becomes infected. And then it leads to bitterness, resentment, unforgiveness, rejection, depression, because you have not dealt with the wounds. Some of us live in denial. We say, oh, I'm not wounded. I'm okay. Because you feel that you must be on top of everything. But even Jesus, when he got somewhere, said, if it is possible, let this cup pass. It was a difficult moment in his life. And we all come to places in our lives where it's hard. But thank God that he is the God of the impossible. And you are supposed to become a healed person in the midst of your wounds. Because the wounds of life, they are many. And it doesn't just come once. It comes as you walk along. But thank God that you are not alone. 
And when you are healed, you are supposed to turn around and become a wounded healer to other women. But often, we are so enclosed with our lives. We don't want to share our lives. We don't want to share our challenges. We don't want to share where God has healed us. We want everybody to think that life is just perfect. And that life just rolls on wheels with oil. You know, you just go along. And because of that, there's very little healing amongst women. Sometimes, the very people who should heal us are the ones who add insult to injury. Sometimes you just want healing. You go and talk to a sister, and before you know, it's on BBC. But this happened, and she did this, and she did Where do I go? Where do you find trust? That person who should say, oh, this thing, it has happened to me before. But you know, I can testify that the Lord healed me. You will be okay. So nowadays in the church, when I know that you, you, you have suffered heartache, and now you are completely healed, I call and say, hey, you remember you were crying that, as for this, I can't, I can't, I can't let him go. I said, you, you can, you will discover that you can. And then after some years, they've kind of said, so tell me, what is the secret of your healing? So, oh, time. And then later you reflect on it. They have so many things. It's okay. So then when I meet Sister Rosalina, and she's now going through hers, I say, Sister Rosalina, come. Let's go and meet this sister. And then I bring you to the sister. And I say, this person is going through this and that and that. Do you remember when Sami did it? <laughs> yes, Sami. I remember. I said, okay, so try and minister to her practical things. Not that Deuteronomy says, Leviticus says. Practical steps about how she can find healing and find hope. Sometimes your testimony alone will let the person know that with God all things are possible. It is not sometimes even that you gained the person back, but you found strength to go on. But we don't do that. We all live in our little privatized world, especially in London. And we don't give a testimony about anything about our lives but the Bible says that the whole creation groans and suffers for the redemption of the sons of God so there's no perfect life anywhere amen Amen. there's no perfect woman or perfect man anywhere they are very godly men and we are blessed to be married to them but perfect and there's no perfect church the minute you joined it became imperfect But there's a glimmer of hope in Tamar's story because even though one man had defiled and destroyed her, one brother, she allowed Absalom to take her home. Some of us, we suffer a setback and we are against all men in all creation. Or we suffer something in a church and we are against all charismatic churches and all pastors. Or we suffer a setback anywhere and then it becomes generalized. But Tama was able to trust another man that as he's taking me home, he's also not going to rape me. But he's taking me home as a brother. It's time to trust another man, some of you sisters. 
It's time to trust God that a relationship can work and that it's not all over. Some of you have become so disillusioned about life. Say, nothing is worth living for. Nothing is worth... Hey, life is short. You have to enjoy the few days that God has given you. Amen. And as you grow older I, in marriage, I think your quarrels become less because you realize that life is short. So Tama found hope in another man. Many times the place of your breaking and the place of your wounding is also your place of strength from which you will arise. Many times. It is said medically that when a bone is broken, it becomes the hardest place after it has mended. So where you are broken, don't get disappointed. Why did it happen to me? You see, we ask so many moral questions. Why did it happen to me? God doesn't care. I was a virgin. I was an innocent person. Why did this happen to me? And because of that, you never get healed. Because you're always asking why, 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 why. But the fact is, what has happened has happened. Come to that place of acceptance. Instead of that place of always asking moral questions. Why? Why? Why doesn't he care? Then you take 10 reasons why he doesn't care. Why doesn't he show me love? 20 reasons why he doesn't show me love. And you are always going around this circle of questions without answers. And questions with other you don't have answers. Fear grips you. One preacher said fear is false evidence appearing real. And usually what you fear is more heightened than the real. In fact, I read an article that said 80% of the things we fear don't happen. So why walk in fear? But because of bad experiences, the spirit of fear and the spirit of rejection can take over. And then now when we see any man say, can I see I'm not, I'm not in you? We say, I can see I'm not, I've seen this before. Please, no. And then you even end up accusing innocent people because of where you've been and what you've seen. And the people who live with you should also understand where you are coming from and come with you gently through. You know, you can walk with your wife down that path. You haven't been there. But Jesus Christ is a high priest who is touched with the feeling of our infirmities. And we are all supposed to imitate Christ and be like Jesus. Daughter, when the unexpected happens, lift up your eyes for your redemption draws near. When the unexpected happens, know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them that are the called according to his purpose. Just make sure you love him. Make sure you are called according to his purpose and then all things will work together for your good. God bless you. Please stand. It was great having you today. To find out more about the resources available by Adelaide Heward Mills, please visit the Vision Bookshop at the Kodesh, North Kaneshi, or meet her on Facebook at Reverend Mrs. Adelaide Heward Mills. For prayer and counseling, please call 0243-187-900. You can also drop us an email at honeyonmylips at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, God richly bless you.